By now, you recognize this annoying voice. Who is this? This is Mark, right? The co-host. Looking to my right is... Christine Chapman, your host. Oh, yeah. We got a call in today. But before we give it up, which Christine likes to jump well ahead, we're not. Because that's not how we roll. Okay. Um, I will say, though, she is uh, a triathlete, right? She was about... An inch away from the Olympics. We'll talk about that. Gina, wait, first, say hello. Hi. Hi, Gina. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. What's Hi, up? Hi, Christine and Mark. <laughs> where, where are you calling in from? Uh, like, I know you're, you're home, but what state? In Florida? The beautiful sunshine state of Florida. Oh. Yes. And you live, live in Miami. I'm sorry? And you live in Miami. I live in Miami in a very fun area called Coconut Grove, which oh. is... I hear that's all where star athletes live, right? There's, uh, there's a lot of star athletes in Coconut Grove. Yes, you're correct. I could never live in Florida. You know why? Why? It's too friggin' hot in the summertime, and it's too flat, and there's no seasons. It's hot. We have oh. some good bridges. We you have do some ha- nice, pretty bridges, yes. You do have some nice bridges. Where do you go? Do you do you ever go to the Keys? That's where we New Yorkers go. We, we go down to Key West. I was actually just at a wedding in Key West. But no, we don't get down there, down all the way down to Key West often. Um, but the Keys, there's a place we go that's about an hour away. If we want to get away, we do that. Nice. And, um, where is that? It is, it's, an, it's called Ocean Reef. It's Almorada. I think it's Almorada, the first big key. It's 45 minutes door to door. And wow. you go there and it's like you're in a whole nother, oh, you're, you get away. Oh. So it's, it's a nice place. We don't get to go that often, but when we do, we love it. You get those damn kids, right? We got the damn kids. Remind us. My husband, <laughs> yes. Remind us who the kids are. We have Jared, who will soon be 21, and then Christian, who is 19, and one left at home, Patrick who is a junior in high school. And I love your boys. They love you, Christine. <laughs> are they as, great. Are they as athletic as you? And have you encouraged that? And before you answer that, Christine, why don't you give some, some background on how you know Gina? And every time I hear the name Gina, I always want to say, yo, Gina! But, <laughs> like... Like, my Brooklynese comes out, hey, Gina, you want to go get a slice of pizza? But she's not like that. Uh, so Christine, well, I am half Sicilian, so you're close. Are you really? Is yes. the other half so a regular your mom, slice? So your mom is Sicilian. And your dad's my a regular mom. slice, right? Sicilian. He's <laughs> a Dutch boy, a Dutch-English guy, yes. My maiden name is Dirk. Dirks. So. But I'm Gina Louise, which is super, you know, oh, every... About but it. my dad named me after Gina Lola Brigida, so... Really? Wow. Uh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. Did you grow, he loved wait, her. Did you grow up in Florida? Where did you grow up? I was born in Miami. Yes, I was born here. Wow. Okay, and and you grew up 
in Miami, and your dad was a vet, I believe, or is a vet. You, he's no longer. He's, he's got to be. Re, he's he's got to be retired. He yes, is, you're correct. And my mom. Yes, my dad grew up in northwestern Kansas, where there's no water. As a wheat farmers, and his dad was a banker, and he went to vet school. And he had a friend. He went to vet school. Said. The women are beautiful in Miami, and they live in an apartment complex in Miami Springs where all the um, Pan Am flight attendants oh, live yes. in and national. And he met this beautiful woman who was my mother who worked for Eastern Airlines, and um, that's how they met Oh my God. in Miami and had my brother and me, and he had a veterinary practice, and my mom raised my brother and me. So that's your dad's? Stay at home, mom. What's up, mom? Wait, wait, hang on. There's a little bit to unpack there. Northwest Kansas. I think of like Dorothy. Is it? Is is that like how he grew up in a uh, on a field, and he would have to run into a bunker when like a tornado was coming? I don't know if they had a bunker, but there were tornadoes, and like he was born in his house. His siblings and him. The mom had them all in the house. Her bed. Wow. Yeah. yeah, there was like, I don't know where the closest hospital was, but um, he was a farm boy. He was raised as a farm boy, and uh, he and his siblings went to Kansas State and Manhattan, but he was in northwest Kansas. It's called Norton or Almina. I mean, you have to look it on a map, and wow. there's not much there except farming. And That's crazy. And your mom was a, uh, a flight attendant. And was she from Miami? She was from Buffalo, New York. And, okay. um, like, lived outside of Buffalo, but went to uh, Fashion Merchandising University in New York City. Yeah. And while she was actually at LIM. L-I-M. I don't know what that stands for. Okay. 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 But she was doing a fashion show for Saks Fifth Avenue, and on the door, there was, like, be a flight attendant, go to this thing. And I don't know if how, how out of how many women... She kept getting called called back and called back, and then they're like, she got a job at Eastern Airlines, and they're like, do you want to be in New York City or Miami? And she picked Miami. Wow. So the fate... And that's how my mom and dad got together. My dad was looking for pretty girls, and my mom was looking to get out of Buffalo, New York. Isn't that... <laughs> wow. Wait, 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 wait. That hasn't changed in 125 years. Guys are always <laughs> looking for pretty girls, and everyone is always looking to get the hell out of Buff. Right. <laughs> yes, I think. So. Although Buffalo, I think it's cooler now than it was then, but um, Pro- probably. But it's still cold as hell, right? Yes. Really and cold, their yeah. football team kind of sucks, although they played pretty well. All right. Um, oh, don't start with the Dolphins and Buffalo thing. My house is a problem. Mm. Uh, so wait a minute. Are you not a Dolphins fan? You have to be a Dolphins fan if you're going to live in my house. Yes, and I am a Dolphins fan. It's not. It's not a thing, but when the Buffalo Bills play any other team, my mother roots for the Bills. So my As my family should. doesn't like it that she. Why well, not? That she's from Buffalo. That's her team. As but she should. When Miami's playing, she cheers for Miami, and when Miami plays Buffalo, she cheers for Miami. So that's all that matters. Okay. Oh. Okay. All right, Christine. All right. Okay. So Four. Gina and I met. Yes. How many years ago? When? Because Jared's graduating from college. In like another year, we met. Uh, was it Jared's sophomore year? It so, was Jared's sophomore year. So five years ago. Wow. Was it during COVID? It was before COVID. Does, does anyone even remember a time before COVID? Yes, 
I remember. I totally do. It was just before COVID, and then we did a lot of work during COVID. I don't know if COVID's ever going to end now. Like, are we really post-COVID? Yes. I don't know. Uh, there's still tons of people who what, have COVID. What political side do you stand on? Then we are post-COVID. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will tell you, living in Florida, I think that it was less traumatizing, the whole COVID thing, than other parts of our country. We, I, I felt, I felt like I needed a horse and just ride around town all day checking things out because things kind of were closed here too. But yep. everyone was outside and we were outside all year. Like I needed a horse to kind of, I felt like it was in the wild west and I wanted to get friends and just ride around on our horses. And I don't know what we would check out, but just cruise around. But I bought a bike. And did that. Not not That's, quite a horse, but, but okay. But hey, not a horse, but a we different were kind, kind of spared. We were spared. Oh no, someone's coming to my front door. Wait, you was you were spared what? COVID? COVID. On some level, I think a lot of people in Florida were, right? Because A, they were outside. Uh, yeah, but they have all those old people there, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, I guess they do. Dude, my die. mom is there. My, my mom's in Boca, where all the all the retired New York Jews from Cedarhurst, Long Island, moved to. That's so funny. That's so funny. Okay, well, I okay. I felt lucky, so there we go. Okay, so Gina and I met because I started working with her oldest boy, and then I ended up working with her younger boys, and we love. Um, we love the Gardner boys, and each of them is very different, right, Gina? And so Jared was not your athlete. He was an athlete of a different kind, right? Um, yes. And then you have two athletes. Um, Christian is a soccer player, and yes, Patrick is. is a water polo player. But Christian also ran track, and did Patrick as well? No, Patrick no. is more of a, a water animal. Um, Christian did cross country, um, and he kind of did that to kind of get fit for for the soccer. soccer season. Okay, yes. so but you coach cross country and track, correct? I coach only cross country. You cross? Okay, okay. Just cross country. Track and field is a whole nother animal. Yep. That. Um, I really only have time to do cross country. Okay. So. Okay. Can well, we, can we get into the fun stuff, please? Yes. You, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. It's snooze, snooze fest over here. All right. Okay. Okay. Wait, uh, well, <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I do have a question. Um, you can edit that all out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll qu- see. Two questions. What's your husband's name? Peter. 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 And is he an athlete as well? So he's very athletic. Yes, he played soccer in college. Yep. And said- he went to Babson. He went to Babson. He didn't stay at Babson. He ended up at University of Florida. And um, he played after college. He played tennis growing up. I mean, I wish I had Peter's mentality or I would have been so much better than I ever was. I was just, I'm way too nice. Um, Peter, like, wants to take you out. I mean, I kind of want him now that I'm old, but he's very athletic. He's, like, playing pickleball right now, and he's insane about it and hyper-competitive. Wow. So, so what's 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 interesting? I didn't know that about Peter, the hyper competitive. <laughs> what what's interesting? Oh yeah. What's interesting, and as we unfold Gina's athletic career, how you just answered that question was: he's athletic. He's not an athlete. You are an athlete. He is athletic. There's a difference, right? 
Huge difference, right? Um, Is you, there? Yes. Okay. I mean, Gina, you tell us. This is your game. Right? I feel like he's. I feel like he's. Peter could get out and do any sport, and he'll be pretty. He'll be better than average. So will I. He's athletic, and I think inside he's an athlete. He just has to work a lot. So it's kind of yeah. But they say most of it is work. Only a small portion of it is talent. Right? Would you agree? I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know what's funny, Christine? Every athlete we've had on this show, we've had uh, uh, NHL players, we've had others, right? They all say the same thing. It's effort over talent, right? Okay, but Gina, you have to admit that you are, you 1%. were genetically inclined to become yes. an athlete and that- Absolutely. And that like it was sort of like in your blood, you knew you were going to be propelled in that direction because you were a professional athlete. Absolutely. I was born with these gifts that not everybody gets. Everyone gets a different set of gifts. You all have. Everyone has something special about them. I have nice Mine hair. I have be, nice hair. I have nice hair. I'm you have saying. great hair. Yes. All right. That's I'm sorry I cut you off. <laughs> but like, Mark. But I, I was actually talking to my mom um, earlier today, and she's like, you were always different as, as an infant, a ba- not an infant, a baby where I was crawling around and walking around she really? come downstairs and find me on top of countertops and i'm like this baby girl in a diaper and i just naturally i think there's a mental part too like i saw that and i'm like i'm gonna do that like there's there was no stopping me from doing kind of dangerous things i did them and i didn't die <laughs> i got up there she finds me on top of things and I just had that physical ability to be able to do that. And then the mental part to say, go do that. I mean, it's not necessarily the smartest thing to be doing. All right, but, I got questions. Um, I got questions. I'm still Gina. here today. Yes. yes. I got questions. All right. So it's on natural ability. So as an infant, it's, it's your DNA is written, right, to a degree. And whether you're able to... Uh, bring that out, and your parents kind of help you with that, and they, they encourage you. You specifically are probably what I would consider like the one percent, right? You are at, at at in your day and age at your event and events, right? You are fucking top of the game. Do you feel hey, a couple questions? Uh, first one is for the one percenters out there, and you can include yourself. It is more talent than it is effort first question do you believe in that for the one percenters and for everyone else it's more effort than talent i think that you have to have these natural abilities i think it only takes you so far though because you need to you still need to put in the work um i feel like the top one percent let's split it in half half of those have natural talent but but there's a lot of people that had less talent than me that that smoked me across the finish line. They work. They just they wanted hard. it more and wanted it more, and they worked harder and okay. they earned it. I mean, they just so. But I do think there are some people that are just not meant to do certain things, and that's where, like, as a parent, I since sports were such a big part of my life and my husband's life growing up that. For us, it was important that we help our kids find whatever it is they're good at. Now, I, we knew. I, you can tell at a very 
early age, you know, the kids that kind of stand out from the crowd. Like those are the people that might have a little talent, more talent. But, you know, along the way that might change. They may not like it. They may not have interest in doing it. So um, they stayed out. But if they stuck with it and wanted to do it and loved winning and doing whatever it took to win, they would be, you know, in that top, mm-hmm. right to the top. Man, you are you – are... so, you're bringing up some really good things um, about winning whatever it takes to win. I want to I want to park that for a second because I want to ask another question. I'm watching this next this Netflix series, Captains of the World. I don't know if you guys okay. have seen it yet. No. It's about no. uh, FIFA, right? Soccer mm-hmm. and right. the world's greatest captains of these teams. And are going. I think there's 211 FIFA ranked teams, right, in the world, and they're they're speaking to and interviewing the captains of each of the 211. So I've gotten up to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, right, and Messi. Messi. Um, and the one thing these guys have in common, and Gina, you kind of have it too, and I'm hearing it, is t- talent and, and work ethic, but it's also humility, right, um, that is – you know, like there's a lot of athletes. Uh, McGregor, who's not fucking humble, is kind of a dick, right? But that's right. that's his personality. But would you error to say that most athletes are humble because they have really nothing to prove that, and that their actions prove their ability and their strength and their greatness? I I do. I I agree. I mean, there are some of these top guys, like you said, the McGregor guy, that are kind of total, you know, not the nicest guys. But I think the ones that truly are great, yeah, they've shown what they're worth, and they don't have to be a jerk about it or arrogant about it. Um, Like Kobe Bryant, he was very humble. But confident, you know, there's a confidence that comes with that too. You work harder. You have to work harder than. Even the, you have to work harder than anyone else. You, it just you can't be great without putting in that extra effort. Because there's an expectation more than now. the other at, guy at your level. There's now an expectation, and there's pressure. Yes, at that expectation. Yes, absolutely. Like I heard stories about Kobe that he would show up two hours before a team practice, stretch out, work out, and be ready to practice, and then do an hour after of like a warm down, right? Like. Right, dedicated to his craft, and because he's so skilled that he needs to maintain that level of skill, he needs to work a little bit harder because that's the expectation of the team and everything else in the world, right? Okay, I, I just... right. Well, you're just at another level. You're taking it to another. You are now at another level where right. you have to do more to stay there. Like you can't. You you have to always increase your your work, your effort, a new skill. Where can I be better? More critical of every move you make. So okay, so uh, I I wanna I wanna like take us to when you started competing. When you started, so did you start with running? Did you start with swimming? Like how did you swimming? Okay, so I want you to take us on that journey, but. The question that I want you to think about as you take us on this journey was like, when was it made clear to you, to adults in your life that like you had it, like this was where you were going to go? Like, do you remember the moment? Like, that's a core memory, it would seem like. Yeah. The age, the moment, the place, like core memories affect you like that. 
Like, I'm going to be a professional athlete and, like, really know it in your heart, you know? Because I feel like well, there must have been that. Well, so I was always beating boys in PE at things. Um, I started swimming in, in South Florida at a very young age, like at four or five years old. Wow. Um, and we happened by where we lived. The nearest swim club happened to be a place called Sheila Winton Swim Club where Coach Al Sheeler was producing Olympic swimmers. So at my very first, like, real athletic experience, I was swimming in a pool. I wasn't swimming literally with them, but there were Olympic athletes there. Every, uh, you know, teenage kid there that was in high school, not going to say every, but a very large number of them probably swam in college. Um, and I, my parents, it was just by chance and by luck that my brother and I were both put in a program that produced champions. So the mindset from the very beginning is, you know, we had practiced Monday through Saturday as a five-year-old. Wow. And if you didn't want to get in, our coach would fling your little body into the pool. This guy was like famous for his, um, you know, techniques to motivate us to do what he wanted us to do he'd probably like be in jail today but i can tell you none of us are traumatized by it and we're all great athletes noted i mean we all were successful from um our training we were kind of in it together but like I i would watch the olympics on tv and it did not matter what sport it was it didn't matter if i'm watching a guy or a girl but I do remember very little watching, I don't know, Mark Spitz, um, Carl wow. Lewis, um, Bruce Jenner. And I'm like, I want to be those people. Or the ones doing the horse riding you yeah. know, over all those big. I didn't care what sport that I'm like, or gymnastics. I mean, I'd be like trying to do cartwheels and stuff. And let me tell you, I, I can't even touch my toes. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. a sport for me. But like, I want to be that person, like. And I think it was more about that person that was winning, that was the best at that whatever sport event it was. I do remember as a little girl just loving watching the Olympics. I wanted to be walking in the opening ceremony, holding the flag. Like, all those things, like, I wanted to do that. And I'm like, I guess, okay, how am I going to do it? I was just, I would have gone in any sport. I didn't care. I just wanted to go. You know. And I think that was impactful for me. It wasn't. And then I was in this environment on this swim team where they were producing champions. You know, uh, I, I too am a huge fan of the Olympics. Like, love all the sports, summer and winter, glued to the TV. Um, when you, where was I going with that? I forget. I had a question, but now it's. The bobsled? Did you want to do the bobsled? I wanted to do that too. <laughs> I, want, I wanted, <laughs> yes, I wanted to do the bobsled. <laughs> You might die and you might win. Okay, so then when did you realize, because you ultimately went to college to run, right? To run cross-country and track and field, yes. So so talk to us about that. Like, when did you know that running was what you you were going to commit to? And... I understand because I, you know, as you know, Gina, I work in the the college counseling sphere, right? So I, yes. I understand how hard it was. And I remember when I first met you, you were like, "Yeah, I I chose to go to UT Austin, and I could have gone anywhere, and I'm so glad I made that choice, right?" And like you had yes. all of these schools knocking down the door saying, "Gina, Gina Dirks, we want you." 
Right. I had How to did you get there? Sw- swimming and running. Well, so my first sport was swimming, and I swam, and I finally quit swimming. I was doing, gosh, in eighth and ninth and tenth grade, I swam and run, ran cross country and track. Wow. And that schedule was kind of crazy, but I did it, and I did. I, I was very successful. Um, but. My freshman and sophomore year at the state cross-country meet, I got second both of wow. those years. And the day before, I had swum prelims and finals at the Florida Swimming High School State Meet. Wow. And I said, okay, my swimming is holding me back. So my junior and senior year, I would just do swim meets, um, but I was focused really on running. Yep. So, And then I was winning state and cross-country. Um but I, my junior year is really when I focused on running. You know, I, I think um, I, 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 I'm, I was going to class myself, classify myself as a runner. Um, I, I like to run for the, for the mental and for the physical. I'm, I'm not a beautiful-looking runner. Like, I, I, whatever, I lumber. <laughs> um, at, at what point did you decide or were you recognized – as I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch gears here, and it's interesting to hear you say that I retired from swimming, right? Like you're in eighth grade and ninth grade, you're retiring from swimming. When my my, my eldest daughter finished uh, gymnastics, she was like 14. She's like, I'm done with gymnastics. I mean, does it, it takes a beating on your body, especially as as a woman, right? I honestly believe, I think. Gymnastics, and I'd like to get your thought on this, and some female sports, how you have to control your body, right, stunts your growth, right? Like, why are all these gymnasts tiny women, right? Is it, because, is it as a result of the sport? Or, or, or are it... they drawn to the sport because they're physiologically built that way? I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking Gina. Yeah. It might be a mixture of the two of them. I mean, I am not a doctor or a scientist to really answer that question, but, like, I think... You know, these gymnasts, they've been doing it since they were teeny little boys and girls. And I think the ones that were best at it were probably the ones that had the right body type for it. But I do know that, I mean, I do know that lifting heavy weights stops growth or slows down growth. But I don't know if gymnasts are lifting heavy weights. I mean, it's not a sport I ever could or do. But right, right. Um, and I don't know how heavy those weights have to be to 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 cause an effect, but um, Gina, I don't how, know. Gina, how tall are you? I don't, how tall are you? I'm 5'6". Five, 5'6". Six, five, you're 5'6"? Five, six. Five, six. Average. You, average you, height. You talk like you're 5'9", at least. So. Oh, my God. Well, the shoes I have on right now might put me there. I'm wearing these clogs, so <laughs> I'm probably 5'8", if I had to measure. I was um, <laughs> I was talking to a colleague of mine, a gal that I work with. She runs, too, but, but she she's a runner. I'm a lumberer, right? And she mm-hmm. just got she just got back from you know, she's training for one of the six marathons, right? She's already done like four. She's got like two more to go. Uh, I think she's going to Japan in like the next month. And she's talking about she's like, oh yeah, over the weekend I did a tw- twenty miler. I'm like, dude, I can't even walk twenty miles, much less <laughs> run. So oh, so God. my question for you, Gina, is like for me, running is hard. I do it because I because I like how my body and mind feel post workout. But when I absolutely like how how do you keep going? How do you keep yes? How do you keep going? Do, doesn't your body hurt? And I think you're just uh, built yeah. differently. So like I'm, I'm like no. I'm, 
No. And do you do no. long distances like that? Do you run marathons, Gina? I did one marathon, and that was the year I did not make an Olymp- the Olympic team, and I did an Ironman. I had, like, nothing. I didn't know what else to do with my life because I, all I thought about was making the Olympic team. So I did an Ironman that year. Wow. And it was fine, the Ironman. It, it was a little boring because I have severe ADD, and I was trying to find people to talk to on the bike, and they're all serious about it. I'm like, <laughs> it's so much more fun if we can have a conversation. <laughs> okay. So Gina, but, now you uh, yeah. yeah, you now you need to back up because you're like the Olympic year, this is your zero hour. Yeah, yeah, we well, are yeah, now yeah. teed up. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. So all right, yeah. So I am more pre- more impressed with Olympic athletes than I am with professional athletes. For example, the NHL player we had, Bobby, right? Like I, mm-hmm. Bobby Butler. I am more impressed with his stint in the USA Olympic ice hockey than I am with his NHL career. Like like when I met him and shook his hand, I was thinking, Olympian, holy shit, nice to meet you. Not NHL player, right? So do you feel that way? Like, do you feel that way as somebody who was a professional athlete who aspired for the Olympics? Like, is that another level, Gina? The Olympics? Yeah. I feel like... Does it really you know, make a difference? Well, I think it's, you know, most of us athletes growing up watching TV, everyone, you know, loves the, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people love the Olympics and what it means and representing your country and, um, and making it on that day. Like the one, the great and the bad thing about the Olympics is at least in triathlon, you had to perform on that day. I mean, there was kind of a qualification process to be able to compete at Olympic trials. You had Mm -hmm. to have a certain ranking. But at the end of the day, there were a few days designated that you had to be your very best on that day. And it was the athletes that made the team were the ones that got everything together, everything to work on that one day. If, If it wasn't working great that day, they somehow overcame whatever it was that was a problem, but and made it happen. So I think any, you know, most athletes that make an Olympic team where there's a qualifying process, that there's a single event day to make that team, they deserve to be there. Like yeah. they made it happen on that day. I crashed on my bike. I didn't make it happen. So I didn't deserve to be there. But, uh, wait, wait, but, wait, 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 you're jumping ahead way too fast. David, rewind. Hold up. <laughs> So, Gina, all right, I have a question about that one day, right? And I talked to my to my scholar athletes, my two kids, right, I, especially the mm-hmm. hockey player I have right now. We talk about nutrition a lot. Dude, she's 15. She's wicked busy, right, athletic, eats consistently, right, like she's always eating something. How important is it, and what advice would you give to scholar athletes defined as teenagers, kids, right, about nutrition, rest, mental mental and physical well-being. What advice do you give to these kids? Because they don't listen to their parents, and they barely listen to their coaches. Okay, well, those things you just listed, nutrition, sleep, hydration, um, those are actually things that they have control over. When you're in the midst of your competition, when you're skate, break, bus, you have no control. But you do have control over how much sleep you get. Mm-hmm. It might mean you're, you need to be organized during the day. But yep. you do have control. 
what you put inside your body, you have 100% control. And I just think because they're teenagers, I have teenagers, um, they just, they can't help it. But they don't always listen or appreciate the value in that information they've been given by coaches and parents. But it's the one thing you can control. And we all want to be able to control things. And it's things I tell my children, you know, you can control what time you go to bed. I mean, you may have to organize your day a little better and not do certain things or do those at a different time, but you have control. But those are very important. I mean, otherwise you're only working, um, you're not using everything in your power right. as far as practice and training. I mean, you're, you're, you know, it's like chop off one of your legs, like yeah. if you haven't slept. I mean, it's. But it's, I don't know, I think, I don't know if they're really mature enough to really appreciate and understand the value in that. So, so I preach it now to my boys on my team, yes. yep. and the head coach does too, uh, but it's always tough. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's a hard decision for them to How make. important is mental toughness and physical toughness? Is it, are they equally as important? Uh, mental toughness is probably, gosh... It's twice as important as physical toughness. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's the day of your trial. Everything you, that you've been working up to is now on the line, so to speak. You have to Correct. have just as much fucking mental toughness that you cannot control your uncontrollables. It's raining. You woke up with a stomach ache. You're feeling, you got butterflies in your stomach. Like you have to have that mental ability to push through that shit, right? Absolutely. And, and that's something you should have been – that mental toughness is a – you pra, it's a skill. And is you it? practice it. How do you Absolutely. practice that? How do you okay, practice but, that? But, oh my God. G- okay, Gina, can you talk about your ice therapy, please? My cold plunge? Your oh, cold plunges God. is one of the ways in which you practice mental toughness, correct? Absolutely. So I get in there. Physical yes. shrinkage, not mental toughness. <laughs> Shrinkage for you. For some people. For some people. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Christine. But no, you, absolutely. You and, and the more I do it, the easier it is. I mean, I hate getting in. I'm like, I can do it. It's going to take, you know, the last time it was a minute of, you know, major discomfort. But, like, I do breathing exercises. I count. I do all sorts of things to help my body manage the major discomfort of being in really, really cold water. And, and, and you can do it. And if you can sit and freeze in cold water, you can be really uncomfortable on a run for a long time. Yes. You just have to learn little tricks along. Like I count when I run, I count to four. Same. A thousand times. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I, I'm just counting. Like same. what did you think about on your run? I said I counted to four a yep. million times. Same. Yep. But it, the same is the cold plunge. And, you know, that's kind of a little more acute and claustrophobic feeling and very uncomfortable, but you have got to find something, a mantra, counting, something to get you through that. I even put on, on my phone, pain frequency music. There's a frequency that helps you manage pain. Really? Okay, you need to text that to me. (laughs) If you just search on YouTube, put pain frequency music or pain relieving music, and it's like, it is a frequency that I'm sure some doctors have found that help. 
Yeah, yeah, why don't you two I'm... also rub your crystals on on the pain as well? Like I don't, be- <laughs> I don't, be- I don't believe in lessing pain through a frequency. But See, it- I don't know, I don't know that Gina's a crystal toting person. Nancy, I'm Nancy, I'm not a person. All right, but hang if on. You told me to rub bird poop on my heel to make it feel better. I'll do that any day. <laughs> so wait, so back back to mental toughness and back to back to running. So when we were doing our, our pre jam, I told you that I I too I count right. So uh, a couple of things happen to me during my run. I go through like a range of emotions. I go through, uh, this fucking sucks. My ankles hurt, right? And then once I'm warmed up and I'm running, I'm like, okay. But like once I start getting tired, I will count every other on my right foot, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that maybe that, that's like an OCD or something. And then I'll count to like 500 on my right, and that's actually a thousand steps. And then I'll take like a 20 step breather and then do it again i'll also have dude i do some weird stuff like i i run the same trail i've been running since i first started running and when i first started running i couldn't do like the whole trail and there were areas in the trail where i would have to sit now this is i've never shared this with anyone (laughs) on those areas where i used to have to sit i give i run by it and i give it a peace sign (laughs) I do. I'm like, I love that. I, I give it a peace sign. I'm like, I used to sit right there and now I'm running by you. Yo, peace. Yeah. See like, that you overcame that. Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. We, That's awesome. It, we're, at, we're at 45 minutes pretty much and we still have not gotten to Gina's zero hour. Oh, uh, whatever. I'm my zero hour. Your zero hour. So would you consider your zero hour to be your fall? And can you speak to that and all of the efforts that you took to get there and how... You know, I mean, talk about mental toughness. You actually did compete on the day when you had no idea you were pretty darn injured. Yeah, so two, like two days, the day I was leaving to go to Dallas, which were Olympic trials were held. I think it was two days before. I'm guessing just backtracking. Yep. I fell on my bike. I was going up a steep hill and... I was going maybe two miles an hour. Some kid did a trick off uh, the curb with his skateboard, and his board hit my front wheel, and I went down. My helmet cracked in half. I was, like, unconscious. My coach was yelling at this poor kid. And I kind of pretended like nothing happened. Um, But did you know something was up, and you didn't want your coach to know? No, she was there. My coach was there. And um, it wasn't – no one cared about – or thought of concussions back then. That's it was crazy. in 1999. No one cared or thought, or maybe it was 2000. No one cared about a concussion. And, you know, I kept getting ready and went to Dallas. I just, I was off, but I don't think I knew. Mm-hmm. I don't think I connected it to with a concussion. Looking back now, I was seriously concussed. Mm-hmm. And yep. I had trouble navigating in the swim. I had trouble riding my bike, and I dropped out midway through the bike because I was like, I can't ride my like. I couldn't even put effort to work hard to race. I couldn't race, and I just pulled off the course. I was, of course, devastated. Um, oh, you know, my family. Yeah, yeah, my family was like, "What's what's wrong?" I didn't really tell them. Mm-hmm. My husband knew, mm-hmm. but my family. And were you I married at the time? Down. Peter and I were married, yes. Wow. We had just gotten married a few years earlier. So, you know, it was really sad. But, you know, again, 
I respect the whole process of the Olympics, and yep. it just wasn't my day. And it's fine. I mean, it was I'm, it was traumatizing. Literally, I'm like, now what do I do with my life? Just wasn't like, my day. I would be. I didn't know what to do. I would find that little fucker, <laughs> right? I'd find that kid with <laughs> a goddamn skateboard and whack him in the head with it. You see? Well, my coach, she wanted to. I'm sure. I don't know if she did or didn't. She probably wanted to kill the little guy, but. You know, it's like, I also think things happen for a reason. Absolutely. And, and, it, and all the people that I was racing against were people I knew and I care. I, I mean, at the moment, I'm not sure if I was happy for them, but I am happy for them who competed and raced and proud of them because we were kind of all in it together. Yeah. A lot of us lived together at the Olympic Training Center. So these are the people I was living, training, my friends. And I mean, it was super traumatizing. It was like, I didn't know what to do next. You like, know, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I guess I'll do an Ironman. Like, I have all this free time, you know. I, I've dedicated literally every step, every step of my life along the way. Every decision I made was to get to this point, and I was there, and it just wasn't going to happen. There's no point in finding it. You just have to be fine with it. I mean, I guess you could not be fine with it, but I'm not living like that. Yeah, no, yeah. That's not, that's not who you are. You know, it, it's, it's this story tells people you could do everything right right everything right you you can't control that little shithead with a skateboard right or right that was out of my or control. the rock the pebble the whatever you know the car who went by yeah. you and blew blew you off your bike so like right. so for for these athletes who continuously set the new bar do they somehow insulate themselves in a way where this stuff isn't going to happen to them, right? Like, I mean, I think that's an awful way. I mean, I think you want to eliminate every negative thing that you can, but that's not really the reality of the world like we live in. I mean, I think living like that is exhausting. I think yeah. your efforts are spent, you know, working with, with what you can control rather than, you I mean, I Absolutely. wouldn't waste any time in things you can't control. I don't think there's any super great, I mean, they may try, but I don't think it's going to work well for them. Then they resort in things I think that are probably non-ethical and not good for you, and um, I don't know. I, I just I, I think that's just not a good way to live. Yeah, agreed. They're probably agreed. not happy. Agreed. Gina, I I know that you have. Did since... I answer questions? Yes, you did. But I know that you are in that space where you have raised three amazing children. Right. And you've built an amazing life and you are a coach now to young yeah. boys who are, you know, hopeful runners. I don't know how many of those kids go off to run in college, but like, what are you seeing as a coach? What advice do you give to your boys every day? And what do you wish parents knew, parents of young athletes knew in terms of how we can best support them? Well, I think what advice I can give parents, and of course, I'm always looking for advice how to be a better parent, so don't forget that. Um, I think the important thing to do, and it doesn't even have to be sports, like help your child find what it is that they're really good at. And I'm not going to say what makes them happy, but like what they're good at, because yep. if you're good at something or what you can be successful with and productive with, those are like really important things and they can take that beyond sports. And, yeah, but not even um, like athletics, what you're good at. Like you're good at absolutely. programming, you're good I mean, at cooking, yeah. like whatever. But but support that and 
And remember, because this has been, I would say, one of the struggles for me is not putting, I mean, for me, sports came easy. I was great. It was, it was easy for me, really, as a kid. And um, not put how I grew up, how I lived on my kids, because they're different. Right. Like, my kids, honestly, my kids work harder than I did, I think. I mean, I may have been a little more dedicated, but, like, they work hard. My, my kids work really hard. I did work hard, too, but for them, it's not so easy. For me, it was easy. Um, but to support your kid and help them find what that is that, that gets them going. Okay, um, that's awesome. And, but allow them to be them because at the end of the day, we're not going to college with them and we're not out there on the field right. with them. Uh, we're, we're supporting from the sidelines. And, um, you know, my oldest one really taught me, I think, the most about supporting someone who does things differently. And ultimate goal is for him to be successful and he will be happy if he is. And yes. as a parent, just to allow your kids to be who they, they want to be. Well, I think you and I think you and Peter do a wonderful job of that as parents. Like I think what I've what I've felt is that you both have very high expectations of your boys yes. to be their best selves, right? But you're also pretty chill, which I think is a really good balance. And I don't I you know, I, I shouldn't say that because I don't really know Peter as a parent in the way I know you because we tend to talk a little more. But like, right. I feel like you set some pretty high expectations like this is this is what we expect of you. And and you give them direction and guidance, but you also give them sort of the freedom and the space to live their lives. Like, I don't see no, you as do. like stern parents, you know? No, I mean, I don't know. They may they may say differently, but, <laughs> but no, I, I, I thank you, Christine. And. And I do think, you know, if our kids say this is what they want to do, I mean, my natural thing is, okay, well, if that is what you're going to do, you know, that's what you're going to do. You can't, like, not go on Wednesday because there's a thing Wednesday. Like, no, you're do. So I think we teach more what commitment is, what dedication is. Like, those things are kind of, like, non-negotiables in our family. You can do whatever you want. Thankfully, our kids want to do stuff, and... I guess that didn't intimidate them for like really committing to anything. But I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm a little more fun than Peter. And so I try to keep whatever it is they do to bring that kind of joy and fun into it because it is fun. Like kicking ass is super fun. Like there's nothing more fun than you feel good. um, And I just want to help them do that. But it really, I'm fortunate that it's, my kids, and I don't know if it's just because they were born into this house with these parents that they have, um, it's it's not really been that difficult. But um, they're good I'm kids. Kind of they're good boys. I don't boys. even know what I'm saying. No, but, hey, this is this is awesome, and I feel like it's exactly what we need as we get ready to sign off, Gina. I feel like we could talk for hours. Well, we oh. could talk for hours. Oh, all right. How about we turn hours into seconds? All right. <laughs> so, Mark, I want to just tell you my mantra for my, my your mantra, indeed, running, yes. My mantra for for my whole every aspect of my life is to keep moving forward, and I stole that from my brother, who is a marathon swimmer, which we didn't even talk about. But 
I stole that from him. Keep moving forward. Keep well, moving bro- forward. Your brother's a marathon swimmer. We may need to have oh, a yeah. sibling uh, right. guest. Uh, oh my god! Little dueling banjos. Yes, <laughs> dueling <laughs> banjos. <laughs> yeah, and he was probably my biggest inspiration. I just wanted to be friends, <laughs> so I tried to do stuff that was cool. Marathon Impressive. swimmer. That's All right, enough of you, Gina. Let's get your brother on. <laughs> We'll call Chris. He's awesome. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much, Gina, for spending time with us this afternoon. That's the zero hour, y'all. And who was that, Christine? Gina Dirks Gardner. Triathlete, coach, mom. Amazing.